What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast, episode 102. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lennon Burton. We're back talking more movie news, and we have some big episodes of some of our favorite shows on. But, Lyndon, how upset are you that The Kardashians is over? Yo, that is pretty crazy. Like, low-key, 20 seasons. Good for them. But you know what? I'm excited. Football is back. But even more so than that, I'm excited that fantasy football is back. Ian, if you lose to my dad this week, trash. Schubert took an L this week in the network thing. And then Hey, but it was it's one of those things where since it's so small in, in our league, we all have like really solid players. And you know, I had an, I had numbers that in a normal fantasy league would win. Yeah, no, for sure. You'd have beat my ass this week. And then yeah. Doom, Doom better watch out who's talking shit all Sunday. All Sunday was talking shit in the group chat, just blowing up my phone. And then by the end of the day, know who got the last laugh? This guy. Monday Night Football is going down tonight. But other than that, in terms of movies and TV, uh, doing good, you know? Uh, The Boys this week, solid week. Lovecraft, I think, was the better episode. Not to jump our review or anything like that. I still like The Boys this week, but it was just a, it was like a slow week. I watched a really uh, dumb rom-com on Netflix. Okay, how's that? Um, it was called Love Guaranteed. It had uh, one of the Wayne's guys into the one who plays coach and new girl. Oh, I think I watched. Well, I walked in on my girlfriend watching it, watched it for like a little bit, then walked out the room. Yeah, it, it was pretty lame. But it, the cool thing about that and something that will go into one of our stories today is it had the girl who was the star from She's All That in it. And that was the first time I'd seen her in anything in a long time. Mm, but okay. we'll get, that's a little tease for the, the show. new The new girl guys are getting stuff. Like, Coach had that movie. Jake, jo- Jake Johnson has Hoops, which I know we haven't talked about. It's Jake really Johnson not- ha- is in the Spider-Verse, so who cares about anything else that he does? Hoops any- is not good, by the way. Yeah, I was about to say, Hoops is kind of trash. Like, not kind of trash. It is trash. Like, And I, and I went in, because you know, basketball, adult animation should be my lane. Nope, the still the still the best basketball adult animation is shout out to Josiah Legends of Chamberlain Heights. Hoops was, hoops was trash. But uh also, oh boy, Winston is it has that new show Woke. Oh yeah, Woke. I think I just got started, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to I need to check it out. I'm gonna watch it probably this week. But you know what I've been watching? Shout out to Drake, shout out to uh uh Lauren Collins, shout out to uh what's that girl? She's not in it right now, but she's gonna come. What's what's her name? That uh She's probably the most popular one from all of those people. Oh, uh, Nina Drake. Dobrev? Yeah, shout out to Nina Dobrev. I've been watching Degrassi, man. And it, 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 low-key, low-key, Degrassi is so ahead of its time in the sense of 13 Reasons Why I thought it was hardcore. But see, 13 Reasons Why was hardcore for hardcore's sake. It was just like super, super like we didn't ever have a breath of reprieval. It was just mm, 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 mm. After every one, after another, after another, Degrassi's like, okay, we'll lead you into it. And then we're going to drop a hammer that's so big that you'll feel uncomfortable for about two episodes. <laughs> well, Degrassi, for the people who were able to find it when we were younger, was like the OG like soap opera for children. Or not even children, teenagers, preteens. Yeah. Because like that shit like really, hit, I mean, it hit so many levels just like, you know, and really kind of brought us into like the culture that we're in now. That's why you're saying like it precedes it because like, you know, shows back then weren't showing like, you know, s- stuff with like gay relationships, like with Marco or, you know, 
dealing with like crazy love triangle shit with like or they, they, they had cutting they had, like cutting ellie was, ellie was cutting gun, herself gun violence with rape. Uh, domestic violence yeah like, they, it, it was intense even the fucking like they had a, a one of oh somebody's, there, somebody's later dad on, took acid like and dude, fell and got brain yeah. damage i was like what the fuck there's no later on there's like a dude who's like uh fucking the teacher yeah, no, show's crazy. And like, I know people would be like, why are you watching the grass? My girlfriend started it. And I was like, all right, because I, I, I used to watch what? it. And I was like, all right, let me see. Because she never got to watch it. And I was like, I'll watch it with you. And if once you watch one episode, you get hooked, man. It's it's so it's so addicting. That show is super, super addicting. No, pe- people can't talk shit about the grass. That show no. is fire. Yeah, that show's and, really good. And without it, you wouldn't have Drake. So Canada television, man. Canada television. All those actors are in life with Derek. If you remember that show, that show sucked. But uh, Lauren but, Collins was like the main one. I was in life with Derek. Yeah, her Spinner was in it. And crazy, did you know? I, and and I, I, I gotta watch how loud I talk because I'm sure my girlfriend's watching it right now. But like, did you know that Emma married Spinner in the end of everything? I was like, what the fuck? Did oh, she doesn't know all that. No, she doesn't know. She doesn't Sorry know for the spoilers, but yeah, that shit's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Also, also Emma and back. And where you're watching, she's not cute, and then she gets super fine. Well, she's a child right now, so <laughs> she. Well, well, she's like, she's like eighth grade. No, she's ninth. She's ninth grade where I'm at right now. They're ninth grade. Right. Yeah, and this is when right when like Manny's like, oh, I'm gonna be a thought. <laughs> she starts wearing thongs and like not just like oh, she's wearing thongs. No, she's wearing thongs and they're like sh- like she she got them showing and everything. It's it's wild. I didn't realize nah. the early two the early two thousands people dressed crazy. People now, for those crazy. who don't know who uh, who Manny is, her name's Cassie Steele, and she's in a lot of things that you've been like knowing about. She was in Rick and Morty. Is she really? Who is she in Rick and Morty? Tammy. She's t- yo, that's crazy. Shout out to Cassie Steele getting work, man. All those people. I always wonder about those people now because it's like Drake's doing real well, Nina Dobrev's doing well, everybody else. And also, you you, you like, look I, back I, I, on I didn't it. put it in the notes because like you didn't mention it before. But Cassie Steele recently lost a role. Oh, Raya the Last Dragon, the one that Kelly Marie Tran isn't the star of. Oh, that Cassie was- Steele was the star of it, and then they took her out to put in Kelly Marie Tran. Damn, Cassie Steele, fucked, crazy. But uh, what I was gonna say, you, people people always like to think that like, oh, Drake had this big role on the show. Jimmy really didn't do that much, bro. Like Jimmy didn't uh, like watch back, and that's not for a while. That's not for a while. Once he gets in a wheelchair, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. All he does well, is play when he basketball. Gets in his music vibe because now he's a baller. Yeah. All all he does right now is play basketball, make jokes on Spinner. And wear clothes that are too big for him, like he's a rapper. <laughs> like that's all he does. Early two thousands clothing. I don't know what people were thinking, and I wore some of that shit. Those velour fucking Sean John sweatsuits. People were clowning. But uh, yeah, man. Other than that, that's all I've really been watching. No new movies out this week. Tenant was last week, and I don't think we're gonna get a new movie for a while. Every, yeah, the, the difficult thing, and you know, if people want to chime in about it, they can. But like, we'll. If people really want us to review Mulan, then we can do it. But like, from what I've been reading, it is not worth thirty dollars. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I if mean, y'all want and, it? Let us know. But if not, we're not gonna review that. And then like, maybe we'll get around to Bill and Ted. But like, honestly, like, it's just not something that I'm just like 
clamoring. Dying to watch. Yeah, I know, I know. But something that we were dying to watch, if you have not checked out our Pulp Fiction review of Run It Back, be sure to check that now. It's out now on the YouTube, so audio-only listeners, it's exclusive on the YouTube. Just search Bros Who Think Network on YouTube, and it's there. So, yeah, that was a fun review of Pulp Fiction. We, I didn't even realize we talked two hours on that movie. That shit was, um, that was a great, great review. So y'all be sure to check that out. But other than that, yeah, no, no new movie reviews really this we'll, week. We'll, we'll, we'll get to some stuff down the line because it's coming, it's coming up. Oh, next week we'll have a movie review. We sure will. If hopefully we both get to watch it. I'm going to watch it on Wednesday because it's going to be a good day. The Tom Holland movie drops this week. Not to shit on my movie on the rise take coming later, but we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But you, I'm, I'm ready whatever you are. We can get started, brother. Yeah, we got a lot of news to go through. Some of them are just not going to have that long a conversation, but we got some trailers to talk about as well, so I'm ready to get into it. Uh, Let's get started. So the first thing we're going to come off and talk about the Dune trailer because it came out like the, the day after, and you know, at least you got to see a little bit of a teaser before Tenet. Yeah, dude. Um, but we finally get the three minute trailer. And if it has anything to, along with the runtime of the film, I'm assuming this movie's going to last three hours long. This movie's uh, gonna, but we this got a movie's lot. probably going to be long. And like, okay, I want to ask you because I watched it. Oh, let me ask this. Did you know anything about Dune? Did you watch the David Lynch movie? Did you know anything before you watched that trailer? I did watch the David Lynch movie. Not Even though it has nothing time- to do with it. Not in a time that, like, I really could recall it. It was one of those things that I watched when I was in college when I thought I was, you know, cool. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to watch, like, an old movie, like, Dune. And I probably fell asleep during it. Real. Okay, so I didn't know anything about it. And then after the trailer, I went and read the book. And I'm like... I'm like five, six chapters deep right now. And honestly, after reading the book, the trailer makes so much more sense. Like, if you haven't read the book, I don't know. And and I know movies are supposed to be. I don't know. I don't know if movies are supposed to be like this. But like, to me, they did a lot of inside baseball talk in that trailer. And it's like, I don't know how that movie entices people besides looking good. You know what I mean? Like, it's a good looking trailer. and And it looks cool. But, like, if you don't know the story, I feel like that was more inside baseball for people who are ravaged fans of the book. Like, just me being someone who didn't know anything about the story, just excited for the movie because it's Denis Villeneuve, Timothy Chalamet, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, that amazing cast. I was like, oh, I'm interested to watch this. When I watched the trailer the first time, I was like, all right, this looks cool. I don't know what's what's happening, but, like, I'm, I'm interested. But then when I read the book, I'm like, oh okay, some of this shit looks really cool. Like, that fucking scene in the trailer where he puts his hand in the box, that's straight from the book. That's straight, that's like the first chapter. Oh, really? Yeah, that's straight from the book. Word for word, too. Yeah, I might have to get into reading that. The one thing that, you know, people who have seen the Dave Lynch movie will recall from the movie is obviously the end with Sandworm. Um, Mm. Because that was like the one thing I remember the most about seeing the movie was the damn Sandworms. And they said the David Lynch movie is completely different from the book in this movie. Yeah, it was its own thing. So, I mean, it's not really anything I'm basing it off of this. A lot of it is like what you said where, you know, for people who didn't read the book or anything, like to me, it just looks like something that looks visually good. And it's like one of those things where 
Uh, the one criticism I saw on Twitter was like, I don't know. Someone said, I don't know if I can believe Timothy Chalamet doing all these fighting stuff. And I'm like, I'm down. I'm down yeah, for it. I think, I mean, and plus, like, I thought he did good in that, in the, what, the King or whatever. Yeah, like, I, he's he's coming off the King, man. I bought it. I bought all that fighting uh, stuff. And uh, my question is, what's that? What, and I haven't gotten there in the book yet, but, like, the, the shit that they're putting on their gear, whether where it's, like, all blue. Yeah, that, like, armor thing. Yeah, what's all that about? And this is the precursor to, like, without this book, we don't get Star Wars or half the sci-fi stuff that we love today. Yeah, so that's, like, the thing that really is pushing me forward with this is that, it's gonna. You can tell that it's set in a lot of different sci-fi things where you can see a lot of the inspirations. Like you can see some Star Trek, you can see some Star Wars, you can even see some like grounded in realism, like actual astronaut stuff. Like I feel like a lot of stuff that you can see with like desert. You know, John Carter. I think you you know you can yeah. see a little bit of that. Um, so I, you know, I think that this trailer did a good job of kind of getting people excited for it. I think, you know, a lot of the question marks right now are when is it going to come out? Um, obviously this is something that like tenant you'll have to see in theater. And honestly, um, I'd want to see this in theaters because it's looking like yeah. it's going to be beautiful, big screen goodness, but we just don't know when to drop. It may drop early next year. I don't know if it's going to keep the Christmas date right now. Wonder Woman's supposed to drop during Christmas, so we're going to see. And honestly, I'd much rather this than Wonder Woman, if I'm being honest, because this just looks more intriguing. The cast, you got Rebecca Ferguson, Timothy, Harvey, Harvey, uh, Javier Bardem, uh, fucking Momoa, Josh Brolin, Momoa, Zendaya, uh, so many Dave, oh, Dave uh, Bautista, yeah. the the Elder Skarsgård, the old said Oscar Isaac, huh? Yeah, I, Oscar Isaac as Leto, which is a good casting, by the way. Duke Leto, kind of a lameo in the book, and he's gonna be kind of a lameo in this movie. He's kind of like a, a a lame duck king almost. Yeah, that's what it sounds like from the trailer. Is like this dude supposed to be running the planet, but he's about to like, but he ain't doing he's, it good or whatever. Yeah, it's all about Paul Atreides and House Atreides versus House Harkonnen. Honestly, I don't know why this isn't a TV series. There's like so many books. There's like there's like seven, <laughs> and like this is gonna be House Atreides versus House Harkonnen, some politicky shit. And I, I know maybe they don't want to make it a TV series to be Game of Thrones s, but it just gives you that vibe. Yeah. Um, I, I do feel kind of that vibe. I'm, I am wondering that too, because that's why I think it's going to be so long that like, there's just no way that you can tell this story without, you know, going way into it. No, that's that so, is a fact. And so, I mean, there's just going to be so much to talk about. And, there's a thousand but, I mean, something pages in the book. So in like, I'm about to look at the collection. There's one, two, Three, four, five. There's five books after this first one. Now, do you think that if there's success from this, they, you know, Denis Villeneuve would make this like his franchise? I, but like on the flip side of that, do you think what's his face, uh, Timothy Chalamet, would ever do a multiple s- series thing and you know, like multiple I don't films? Know. Maybe, Cause, like, I, cause maybe three. Just, but I mean. It, I don't know. Maybe two more, but I don't know. It's weird. Both of those got both of those guys, Denis Villeneuve and Timothy Chalamet, don't seem like franchise guys. Yeah, like, but isn't calling me by your name supposed to have like a sequel? I think so. I don't know. Maybe they say that, 
And look, Christopher Nolan had his franchise with Dark Knight. This may be Denise. Well, I'm not worried about Denis Villeneuve. Like, if Denis Villeneuve... Yeah, there is a Call Me By Your Name sequel called Find Me. Mm. So, like, there's something that he's doing back, you know, the second film for. And, like, it's just something that, if it works, like, I just don't see them going away from it. Yeah, no, if it it works, he's going to do it again, I feel. It's the same thing, like, with Tenet, where, like, Tenet worked. And, like, you can obviously see where you can do more off of it. Yep. So why wouldn't you? We'll get more John David and more Robert. So, yeah, no, I get, look, if Dune is successful, I definitely expect to see Denis and Timothy back again. So, you know, super excited for Dune, but that's all I really got on that. I'm, I'm reading the book. I'll be ready come December when the movie, or if December, if the movie drops. Yeah, let us know what you think about the trailer, whether or not it gets you hype or not. Um, like Lyndon said, it might be something that you might need to go ahead and start reading the book for you to get a little bit more excitement into it. We got time. Yeah, we do. A lot of time. Um, But this next story is a story that I was really excited to see, and I even tweeted it out. Um, There's a recent report from Collider that Borat 2 has been shot and even screened to a few industry types. Plot details remain vague, but what we know is that Borat is no longer the little-known Kazakh TV personality he played in the original 2006 movie. The public knows who he is now and he has to go undercover to interview people. One source described the film as Cohen playing Borat playing Cohen. But since we are published, uh, but since this story got published, uh, other sources are breached out to refute the description while still confirming the project's existence. So it's definitely happening. It's definitely out there, but the plot details are under wraps. I heard some um, people and, in the industry was like, they wish this would have stayed a secret because it would have affected people more if it would have just dropped. Oh, yeah. Or at least had a trailer drop or something like that be the initial um, release to that. Cohen's coming back in the main light, man, with this and something else we're going to talk about a little later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's been he's been working. I mean, there's been other films out there and series that you should check out. Like, look up what Sasha Baron Cohen's been doing. I mean, he had some he has had some pretty good work. Um, But hearing that there's going to be a Borat, too, is absolutely insanity. I think it kind of goes back to when we saw him at that rally, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen undercover in that rally, I, I had a feeling like when that happened, that that was going to be like something that was coming for another Borat. And I think that's exactly what that is. Oh, so, you, that's a good, that's a good call. So yeah, I, I'm super excited that the prospect of a Borat too, I think, so I think, I think we could all use that again. Cause it did, it was it was a culture piece. It really was like it highlighted some really questionable American customs and and all of that in a, in a very funny way. And I think we all need to look you know look introspectively as America in a humorous way and have a laugh at ourselves. No, one hundred percent. Look, I'm excited for this. Hell yeah! Maybe bring back Ollie G in a couple of years, boy. Right. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Ollie G. Oh, man. Good, good on Sasha Baron Cohen, though. I'm excited for this. Hopefully this drops this year, VOD. The, yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, the rumors are that it could be on streaming. I could see Netflix trying to, to pick it up because, I mean, it doesn't seem like something that, like, a, a studio head is going to run with to put on to the big screen. Yep. Um, I could definitely see it hopping on, like, maybe even HBO Max. I'd be hyped um, for that. 
So, you know, if HBO Max got it, give us give us a reason to go back to it. Yep, no, 100%. Um, but the next story we have is kind of a quick one. I just wanted to mention this because I, I thought it was interesting. Chris Hemsworth says that he, quote, is definitely not saying goodbye to Marvel after Thor, Love and Thunder. Of course. He's going to be Thor for forever, bro. <laughs> like, he's not Chris Evans. He's not Chris Evans. And he's not Robert Downey Jr. to where they're going to do other stuff. Everything Chris Hemsworth has done that's not Thor has been a failure. Yeah, pretty like, much. What hasn't he done that hasn't been a failure? And I know people are going to say, well, Robert Downey Jr. hasn't been too successful. Look, I like Sherlock Holmes and I like The Judge. So I, I digress. Robert Downey Jr. has definitely been way more successful outside of than Thor. Like Chris Hemsworth's last movie, Extraction, was a hot pile of shit. I don't care what anybody says. That movie was horrible. So Yeah, look, and that other movie he was in, what, the Snow White movie was trash, too. Trash. And Men in Black International was trash. Men in Black International was dog shit. Like, that now, I will, I will give him credit that he wasn't terrible in Bad Times of the El Royale, but he wasn't my favorite part of that movie. He wasn't my favorite part, but he wasn't bad. That's probably... That's his only successful movie, I can think, besides Thor. Like, that movie was actually pretty good. Yeah. And we did review that in a Bros Who Binge episode, if you want to look back on that. Don't, know the, num- don't know the number. You're don't know the go, number. You're just going to have to but go it was, find it's it. It's there. It's, it's there. We got 100 plus of these of these things, man. You're going to have to dig deep in that in that one. But next up, um, we got the uh, we got some trailers. The Trial of Chicago 7. This was an interesting trailer, man. Sasha Barrett Cohen. We see um, Oh Boy. Yeah, Alan Sorkin film. It's got uh, Jordan Newt Gorsuch. Scamander. Oh, yeah. Uh, Talking about Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. So um, he's yeah, up Eddie, there. Eddie Redmayne. Um, you said Sasha Baron Cohen, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Uh Yaya's in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh Jeremy Strong from Succession, Mark Rylance. Those are like the big names in it. Basically, what this is about is the film's based on the infamous 1969 trial of seven defendants charged by the federal government with conspiracy and a more arising from counterculture protests in Chicago at the 1968 Democratic National Convention. The trial transfixed the nation and sparked a conversation about mayhem intended to undermine the U.S. government. This seems like it's going to fall right in line with that Fred Hampton movie that's coming. Like all these movies have, have, that, have a similar feel to it. Yeah, I think this is uh, definitely working off today i mean that's the easiest way to put this like it's taking the idea of what we're actually seeing in practice right now and taking it back to when it was going on in the 1960s you know history repeats itself and this is a um a prime example of of that right here so you know we're going to be, we're seeing a lot of of these stories get told and the best way to get people to watch them is to put some names on, on them that are going to bring people to the screen, Aaron Sorkin, um, directing it, a lot of people and writing it. So, you know, it's, it's in good hands with great actors. So I think that people are really going to want to watch this story. Yeah. I'm going to definitely watch this on Netflix and see what back, back to our point of Netflix. When you don't do action thrill, when you don't do action movies, they do a damn good job. It's when they get action superhero genre movies. That's like, what are y'all fucking doing? But you know, in a, in a, in a week Oscar season, this could be something that might, uh, might be in in the mix. I saw something uh, earlier that was saying that even Palm Springs could be in the mix for Oscars. If it, if it got too, too low for comedy, 
Like, I mean, you know, well, we're getting 10 nominees, right? Yeah. Why not? Uh, but the one thing we haven't mentioned on this podcast, though, is that the Oscars did have those new I don't diversity even, rules. I, I don't even want to talk about that because, like, and well, look. I, well, all I was going to say about it is that when I read the rules, I was like, well, they films like this already get in there anyway. So, like, what's really the difference? You're just like, it, I feel like it's just like a. Um, like a base reg- regulation for like a year where like maybe what, no m- big movies come out with like my thing is if we're, we're going to try to make diversity be a thing you shouldn't this is i have the same problem with the nfl making it to where you have to hire a black or interview a certain amount of black coaches or you lose a draft pick like that's fucking stupid i i should want to look at these coaches because they're talented and because they're the right people, not because there's a rule behind it to where if I don't, then that's bullshit. Same thing with these movies. Like I should want to have diverse cast and do all this stuff because that's what is the, like get all these talented people, not because I'm forced to because of a rule. Like, I think that's, that's counterproductive, but I digress. If, if those rules stay, Martin Scorsese might not be nominated for a while. <laughs> He's gonna have to do like uh, in that pitch it match. He's gonna, he's gonna, yeah. <laughs> oh shit. But the next trailer we got is the trailer Freak. It's basically freaky, freaky. Oh, freaky, freaky. Okay. So it's basically this, um, the serial killer in this high schooler switch bodies and the girl. Serial killer played by Vince Vaughn. Yeah, so he's in the Vince Vaughn, the girl's in the Vince Vaughn body, and Vince Vaughn is in the girl's body. And basically, the girl's going around killing classmates and shit, and Vince Vaughn has to stop her with her friends. It's a pretty interesting trailer. Have you ever seen Hot Chick? No, I don't think so. That's a movie where it's pretty much the same concept, young teenage girl. uh, Instead of, like, a murderer, he's, like, a con man, criminal, but it's played by Rob Schneider. So Rob Schneider oh, no. ends up playing like this, like teenage girl or whatever. It's hilarious. It's it's a it's like one of the be- better Rob Schneider movies when like Rob Schneider was actually putting out good ones. That is beautiful. like that and Deuce Bigelow, and like and so you know the hot chick. This is what this reminds me of. It reminds me about the of the hot chick. You know, uh, meets a little bit of horror like with Happy the Happy Death Day grew. You can definitely see where their influence is on it with like the way that it's shot and and all that. Yeah. Um. But you know having the 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 hot chick element I think is going to make it really interesting for me. Like when I saw this trailer, it was a surprise for me because it was something I didn't expect. And when I saw it, I was like, Oh, I got to watch this. Yeah. It looked, it looked pretty interesting to say the least. That's something that I would actually watch. The next trailer we got is Hubie Halloween. You didn't tell me to watch this one. So you're going to take this one away, brother. This is the Adam Sandler trailer. Yeah. It's the Adam Sandler trailer. I didn't think you would ever watch this movie. So I was, I didn't want to subject you to watching the trailer. Um, it's pretty much, you know, Adam Sandler doing his Adam Sandler thing. Um, I think in 2020, you know, Adam Sandler playing a really dumb person, like could really get like a little, uh, uh, you know, he's pushing some boundaries here, in my opinion, uh, with, uh, with the way that he's acting with his character. But it's one of those things where it's going to be like a lighter hearted Halloween movie for Netflix. Probably some. Uh, probably something that some people are going to watch, but I, you know, it's just your typical Adam Sandler movie with all your typical Adam Sandler people. And I thought I thought Adam Sandler was over this. I thought he was over this. Like, I thought he was over this too. <laughs> like, like after Uncut Gems, I'm like, I thought he was over this, man. Like he was on an up and up. Like go do some more dramas, my G. Get out of this. Get out. This should be done for. But here we are. Yeah. 
the thing is, is like the fact that he got like these people in this film makes me think that it's not going to be completely terrible or like for some reason they all just trust it. But like, you know, you know, uh, Julie Bo- Bo- Bowen, who is in uh, Modern Family, Steve Buscemi is going to be in it. Kevin James, Rob Schneider, his usual crew, Ray Liotta, Maya Rudolph, uh, you know, Noah Schapp, who, you know, is from uh, Stranger Steve Things. Buscemi's in it. What's That's what I'm saying, what is, yeah. What is this cast, Shaq? Yeah, Shaq. Tim yeah, Meadows, Ray Liotta. Well, Ray Liotta needs the work, but yeah, this is this is a great cast. Got a lot That's of the I'm best. Saying. Got a lot of the best young people. Noah Schnapp, China mm-hmm. and McCain, uh, Karen well, yeah. Barr. Peyton past Disney and, and Nickelodeon kids. But that's the thing. Like when I look at the cast list and you look at the trailer and you see like the people who are in it and the way that it's being shot, like they're taking it seriously, but it's just like, you know, can Adam Sandler go playing a, a borderline, you know, mentally ill person, mentally ill person. Like, yeah. I just don't, I just don't know if you can get away with doing that right now. Oh, we shall see. But good on Adam Sandler, I guess. Like I said, I thought he was over this. But next yeah, up, I thought he was over this. Netflix has required uh, has acquired the worldwide rights to Sam Levinson's Malcolm and Marie starring Zendaya and John David Washington and a massive three million dollar pack. Mass Malcolm and Marie stars Washington as a filmmaker and Zendaya as his girlfriend. After following them after they return home from a movie premiere, a discussion about their past relationships takes an unexpected turn, testing the strength of their love. It was actually shot this summer. Amid the coronavirus pandemic that nobody knew that it was just them and they did it together and they shot it and now it's done. So it'll be on Netflix soon, hopefully. Yeah. So Netflix, you know, spending all this money on this. I'm hoping that it's good. They think it's going to be good. Good for John David and Zendaya getting a big check. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like this movie is just going to be Zendaya John David Washington acting just the heck out of it, just kind of like Marriage, marriage Story. Story. Yeah, yeah, that's the vibes I got. And but look, I liked Marriage Story. I can't. I'm never gonna shit on Marriage Story. Adam Driver killed that. That movie was actually pretty damn good. But it was really. Well, sad. You know, this is John David Washington and Zendaya's opportunity to show that they have like these major drama acting chops. You know, for, for John David Washington, in the similar vein with when Adam or Adam Driver took on. Marriage story, it's important for like his career growth. Like for Adam Driver, like he needed that movie to kind of show people be like, Oh, yeah, dude, this dude can do way more than Star Wars, you know what I'm saying? And it's gonna be like, like, Can John David do more than action movies? Sure. And then with Zendaya, you know, it's it, you know, can she be the big movie actress? You know, we're seeing her, you know, take on a MCU role as Mary Jane, and then you see her coming up in Dune, and you know. Sam Levinson's Euphoria is, is a very good series to watch. Uh, but, you know, is, is she going to be taken seriously as the next big up-and-coming drama actress? And I think yeah. you know, this is going to be a, a big a big movie for them. Break especially that teenage if they're gonna... role that she always does. Like, break yeah. that, like, Mary Jane. Because, uh, I mean, like, this is a serious role. I mean, she's going to be uh, dating John David Washington. It's not like she's going to be playing an 18-year-old, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. This is going to be, like, something where she steps it up to the next level. So, hopefully, man, I got a lot of faith in Zendaya. She's, like, one of my up-and-coming actresses who I got a lot of stock in. So, hopefully, it's she very does a good fun. job. It's very funny to think, like, when you think back on some of these people in their, like, their early careers, Zendaya was on that, like, that Disney Channel TV series with Bella with Thorne. With Bella like, Thorne. What? 
have have two careers. Bella's this. thorns on OnlyFans now. That's all we gotta say. Or she's scammed <laughs> OnlyFans. Yeah, she's scammed. <laughs> she scammed all you horny, you horny fucks out there. She scammed all of you. She's hilarious. She oh, she was making she was charging people fifty bucks for some bikini shots. <laughs> Idiots. But just look at the career separation. Bella Thorne and Zendaya just went. And Zendaya was even the main star of that show. She was like the best friend. Zendaya said, fuck this. I'm I'm, well, I'm about to ball out. It's it's even funny to look back on some of those things because then you look at like what uh, Victoria Justice, Ariana Grande. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> like, big split. Big, big splits. Split. Ashley Tisdale and Vanessa Hudgens. Big splits. Big splits. <laughs> Ashley Tisdale and Brenda Song. Yeah, and then you look at Zac Efron compared to the rest of the peeps. Like, out of here, out people. Here. People watch Zac Efron in a dad bod do random things. <laughs> that show's actually pretty good. That's what I'm saying. People watch it. It's good. <laughs> it's an interesting show. But all right. that's all I got on that. You know, t- going from talking about OnlyFans, and we're going to talk about TikTok now. TikTok star Addison Ray Easterling has been cast in the upcoming remake of the 1999 teen comedy She's All That, which is a personal favorite of mine. And it also, when it, but I always get She's All That mixed up sometimes with not another teen movie because it's pretty much the same. Yeah. But not another teen movie just spoofs a bunch of stuff. Uh, but the gender swap reboot is going to be titled He's All That. And it's been in the works for years and recently started to gain traction again. Mark Waters, who's the filmmaker behind Mean Girls and Freaky Friday, is set to direct. Um, The film will reimagine the plot from a teenage girl's perspective with Easterling taking taking on the role that was inspired by Freddie Prince Jr.'s character, Zachary Seiler, from the original. Um, She's All That is a modern-day take on George Bernard Shaw's Pygmalion, um, and the 1940 or the 1964 movie My Fair Lady, where the plot is centered around a high school jock who, after getting dumped by his girlfriend, attempts to transform one of the school's nerdy nerds into the prom queen. So if he's all that, obviously it's going to be the flip, oh, putting a 21st century spin on the original with the remake following an influencer who attempts to turn a nerdy boy into the prom king. There's even a, uh, and funny enough, there's a, He's all that black version. Love don't cost a thing with Nick. Yeah, Cannon. there is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I like I'm I'm a Nick Cannon fan. The, 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 well, I'm I've, I've seen that movie. I'm a fan a of one. that movie. That movie's good. Love. Yeah. It's got Christina Milian in it, and like Nick Cannon's the nerd, and they transform him into this cool guy. Yeah, that's the black version of that movie. Okay, look, I'm not gonna hate on this for the new generation. I'm not gonna hate on this for Allison uh, Addison Ray because good for her getting roles coming off of TikTok. But I will hate. That girl's from Lafayette, you know. I'm just, I'm just gonna hate down there. It could have been you, dude, if you would have been on TikTok. Nah, bro, you already know. I, I had an opportunity to be on Barney when I was a child, and we don't even have to discuss that. That's a no. Could have been Selena Gomez, bro. I could have. I just chose not to sing the song. They were looking for a black kid, and they were like, "Just sing the song." And my mom was like, "Sing the song." And then I refused to sing the song. I just didn't. Idiot, big time idiot. They wanted me. They said I had a good smile. <laughs> but yeah, so my my take on the whole thing is I like she's all that. I think you know taking it and doing a new spin on that, and you know at, making Addison Ray Easterling the star is a little sketchy to me. Like that's it's marketing, like the scariest it's, thing. It's to get well, these it's marketing to watch. 
I guess it's marketing to get little kids to watch. And also it works because it's an influencer attempting to turn a nerdy boy into prom king. So I think like you could work with that. You know, most mainly I trust Mark Waters here on this. That Just be yourself. He could, could set it in the right direction. And, you know, really as much as Freddie Prince Jr.'s character was a huge part of that movie, whoever plays the nerd is going to be a, a big part of that. So if they can cast someone who's like a serious actor for that part, you know, yeah. maybe it'll be a lot better. I don't know who, who's a young boy that they could cast in that. Like, our guy's too young for that still. What's his uh, Stranger Things boy? He He's still, he's not quite at that age yet. You're not talking about Finn, are you? <laughs> yeah, Please don't talk about Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> like, he's been in everything. Are you talking about like Noah Schapp, who was... Uh, oh, no, I'm talking about was, Finn, I was talking about Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> oh my God, dude. No, he cannot play this role. That's not happening. What happened to that Ghostbusters movie he was supposed to be in? That, where did that go? It's coming. It's still coming. They're making it's it. It's still coming? Yeah, give me a break. <laughs> All right, I'm done oh, with Finn Wolfhard. Oh, shit. The next story we got is The Walking Dead will end after... Oh, wait, no, hold on. We got one more. We got one more. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, D- Dunkirk star Harry Styles has boarded the psychological thriller Don't Worry Darling opposite Ooh. Florence Pugh, uh, Chris Pine, and Olivia Wilde. Um... Styles replaces Shia LaBeouf, who was supposed to be in there, but because of conflict and schedule, could not do it. This is Wild. Uh, Olivia Wilde is directing this, of course. And it is set in an isolated community in the California desert in the 1950s. Uh, Pew plays an unhappy housewife who questions her sanity when strange things start to happen in her community. Styles plays her doting husband who's hiding a dark secret. And Pine plays the revered leader of a mysterious cult-like worksite. Look, this is interesting to me. I'll check it out. I'm peeping. I'm always down for stuff like this. Harry Styles switching Shia LaBeouf. Very interesting. Interesting. Harry Styles is trying to make it into acting. And if this movie works, this could be a, a, a positive in his, in his wheelhouse. With Dunkirk than this, it could be big for him. Well, it's definitely going to be big for him because, you know, after his Dunkirk role, a lot of people wanted to try and fan cast Harry Styles for a lot of different things, including, you know, uh, Prince Eric for Little Mermaid. And, you know, a, he turned that, a lot he, of this, he turned, he that, turned down. that down. Yeah, he did turn that down. So he, said he did not want to do a Disney movie, which I don't blame him. I'm glad no. he didn't do that shit. No, and I think this is exactly what he's been asking for. And uh, Olivia Wilde is the kind of director that's definitely going to give him his opportunity. And, you know, acting alongside Florence Pugh is going to be very tough for him, but it also could be a masterclass in acting. And then you get that Florence Pugh and Chris Pine. Good catch. The one thing, the one thing I've seen on Twitter that I think is hilarious is all these people, you know, tweeting the Harry Styles, Florence Pugh thing and be like, Zach Braff better be worried. <laughs> oh, wait, that's Zach Braff's wife? His girlfriend, Florence Pugh, yeah. Wait, Zach, wait, 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 wait. Wait, let me Google Florence Zach Br- Scrubs? Yeah, Scrubs. Nah, bro. He definitely needs to be worried. <laughs> he, he, he definitely needs to be worried. Oh my gosh. Good for good for uh, everybody involved though, except Zach Braff. But yeah. n- next up, we got The Walking Dead will end after the upcoming 11th season on Amazon on, on AMC. Good job. The network is considering or is also ordering a spinoff built around Daryl Dixon and Carol. Boo. Need to end this End shit, it. <laughs> let it. Let it die. Let, let it, it die. It's die. over. There's so many other zombie things out there that we, we just don't need this anymore. Glad it's done. Next up, we got Disney Plus has picked up a female lead reboot of Doogie Howser series. Variety has confirmed that the new series is titled Doogie Howser Kame 
Kamealoha. Ah, Kamealoha. I only know because of Kamealoha. That's the only reason why I can even get this out. But Kamealoha, MD, as previously reported, a focus on Lahalia Doogie Kamealoha, a mixed race, 16-year-old girl who works as, as a doctor in, the, in Hawaii. The 10-episode half-an-hour comedy follows Kamealoha as she juggles a budding medical career in life as a teenager. So just the uh, gender swap, race swap, Doogie Hauser, I guarantee Neil Patrick Harris is making an appearance. I'll bet I'll in some bet, way. I'll bet some money on that. And he's gonna call her, he's gonna see her doing her thing in episode one, and he'll probably be like, Ah, look at you go, Doogie. And then that's when they're gonna start calling her Doogie. Oh my god. Probably. <laughs> I, it's it's gonna be super corny and cheesy. Like the thing about Disney Plus and you know, they, Disney Plus is building its ba- a bad reputation. Disney Plus because treats it like Disney Channel. They do not treat it like HBO Max or Netflix. No, no. And even like you would, I just thought that they would elevate it a little bit more than like the typical, the typical Disney Channel. And like what we even saw when they ended up nixing the Lizzie McGuire thing, like they just don't want to take anything a little bit serious. No, Doogie Howser, if you've ever seen the Doogie Howser series, is you know, it's not, it's kid, it's a kid show. But they but still have some a, themes. It's a little bit. It's a little bit more. Has a little bit more depth than that. Like I remember like, a Doogie Howser episode where they took a where Doogie had to take where they had a conversation about race when Doogie had to take care of the patients from the race from the Rodney King race. Why it's like Disney's not doing no shit like that. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think they'll do a little bit like that, but it'll be a little bit more toned down than would they toned down than 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 that most likely. So. I, I don't know. Like the one thing that Disney Plus is doing that's actually good is the Mandalorian, and the only reason that they can do it is because Star Wars doesn't really do like excessive violence. Yep, it's gonna be interesting to see how those Marvel shows turn out. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, but I think those will be fine. Like I think at the end of the day, like Disney's, you know, they're putting out out Star Wars and Marvel under their umbrella and in the movies, and they're trusting that kids are watching those. So I think they're going to give that the, the 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 respect it deserves. But I see this going similar into the vein of like that High School Musical TV series they did, mm. and like some of the other things that they've had planned. That is, you know, more of the you know when you're looking at Disney Plus, you have like the Star Wars, the Marvel, the Disney. This is the Disney. This is the Disney. Like this yeah. is like straight up, you know, not for us. Yeah, yeah, not not for us for sure, for sure. Uh, but the next story we have, Rick Ray Orton, who is the author of the popular Percy Jackson novels, is developing his Egyptian mythology series, The Kane Chronicles, into feature films at Netflix. Published after uh, Riordan's popular Greek mythology series, The Kane Chronicles introduced readers to new characters in a new setting inspired by Egyptian, Egyptian history and mythology. The trilogy of young adult novels followed teen protagonists Carter and Sadie Kane, who were destined from the Egyptian pharaohs Narmer and Ramses the Great. Like Percy Jackson's movies, the characters ran into legendary gods and in the modern world. Um, and they crossed over with Percy Jackson a few spin-off novels. Now, they probably won't do that because Percy Jackson got is uh, under the Disney Plus. Like that's, that's what they're gonna do the per- they're in charge of the Percy Jackson series, which again Yeah, big but, big letdown. I am excited to see what Netflix can do with this Egyptian-led mythology series. I just—if I got one complaint, one one tiny, tiny concern, 
do not make this like the Christian Bale Moses movie. That's all I ask, Netflix. That's, that is all I ask. Like, at least or, get some, some Middle Eastern and Black people in this. That's all, like, that's what we need. It can't now, be- I don't I don't know enough about the, the adult novels. Like, Carter and Sadie Kane do sound like pretty white people names. I'm looking at a real. picture of it right now, and I see, like, three Black people and one white girl. So, like, you know, I, I can rock that's, off. That's and- better. I can rock off if, like, Carter's, like, a black boy and, like, Sadie's an adopted sister or some shit. Who knows? Who knows? They might be mixed kids. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? knows? But, like, all I'm saying is just don't let it be, like, Christian Bale's uh, fucking (laughs) Moses. I don't even know why Christian Bale did that. He's a better actor than that. No. But, I, you know, Percy Jackson, I think, could have done some good treatment of, of being a series. And, you know, if it would have been taken a little bit more seriously than like the Logan Learman movie, mo- the movies that they did. Percy Jackson, great um, IP. Yeah, great IP and really great books, too. Um, so that's why that's the thing. Like, I love the Percy Jackson novel series and think and I didn't get into this series because I was pretty old in 2010, 2011, 2012 when these books came out. Um, but if they do this right, I could see this being like their young adult Witcher series almost. Yeah. So like, I think they could do a really good job with their Netflix could do a really good job with this. They didn't mention anything about who the showrunners would be. So I think that's going to be something that we'll have to wait and see about. Uh, but I'm interested in this. No, I'm interested as well. That Like, look, I like Percy Jackson a lot and that guy can definitely write good stories. So I'm interested in the Rick Riordan next uh, venture. Um, the scripted series about Tiger King's Joe Exotic starring Nicolas Cage has uh, been set at Amazon for development. Nice. Um, this role will be the first regular television role for Nick Cage's career. Now to, you know, remind us of what's also going on in the, the Joe Exotic universe, Kate McKinnon's series we mentioned in an earlier episode is slated to be on NBC Peacock where Kate McKinnon is playing Carol Baskin. So don't get mixed up that with these two series, this Joe exotic Nick cage series on Amazon is a completely different beast. We don't. And my, I, what I, my assumption from what I remember hearing earlier on is that Tara Reed is supposed to play Carol Baskin. I'm hyped. Look, the Nick cage, Amazon series is going to be lit. The Peacock series may be good. Who knows? But I, it'll definitely be more of a comedic twist than the Nick cage one. Yeah. I think the Nick cage one is going to be way more dramatic. It's going to be serious. <laughs> and I think it's going to be way more about Joe Exotic. Like, I think McKinnon's series, since she's, like, the head of it, I think it'll be more about Carol Baskin. Yeah. Where, like, Joe Exotic, where, you know, this series will probably be more about Joe Exotic. Like, that's the thing about this whole Tiger King saga story is that, you know... I can't believe there's this mo- is still there's, going on. There's multiple, like, things going on here. Because, like, I would love to see some take on what Doc Antle was doing over there, too. <laughs> this little Tiger King, or this little Tiger cult. He so, would never like, let it go down because... He still has like D'Angelo Russell going to his his place messing with Ty. Like he had well, I feel that the other day. I feel that, but I mean, like if someone came up to him and said, "Like, hey, Doc Ansel, we're not going to make you look like a complete scumbag," he might be down for it. <laughs> Maybe he. I just know his stock is at an all time high right now. He's not trying to mess that well, up. He, besides him and uh, Carol Baskin, I guess they're the only ones who have open parks right now because you know Joe Exotic's coverage gone. Yeah, Joe Exotic is in jail, and we don't know where that fucker is, his partner who stole all the money. Joe, uh, what's his name? Oh, God. Oh, dude, I don't remember. I, I, I forgot his name, but he had the hat. He was the trucker hat guy who was just a scumbag. 
But yeah. ne- next up, Peacock has picked up two seasons of the planned drama series reboot classic. Uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Will Smith, is working with the series. Also, on HBO Max, they're doing a 30-year reunion. Going to give us an episode of the original Fresh Prince of what they're doing now. So those are two different things. But like, That's going to be sad. Yeah, it's going to be sad. No James Earl Jones. They're going to have both on Vivs, though, in the special, they said. Now nah, that's weird. Yeah, they're going to have, like, they're going to have the episode, then they're going to have the cast talking. So, like, we're going to get a conversation from Black on Viv and Will uh, kind of fixing the uh, fixing the torn relationship because Will's the reason why she left, apparently. Like, he was like, I don't fuck with her. She was doing too much. So we're going to see. Yeah, she was trying to tell him how to act, and Will was like, you don't tell me how to act, bitch. <laughs> This is my show. <laughs> that's I'm what he the said. Prince. That's what he said. And that's why we got light skin and viv. So that's a fact. So, but this peacock shit, I'm not hyped for it. But good for those dudes, because that dude, look, if anything, I'm gonna say this. I respect the fact of the dude who made the show did a YouTube series at his house and pitched that YouTube series. It was like promoting it on Twitter for like two to three years. Will Smith saw it and was like, yo, let's do something with it. And then they got it to happen. It changed his life. So it just shows content creators out there. You can change your life if you make some good shit at your house. So that's the only reason why I think this is cool. Other than that, I'm not hyped for it. But, you know, good for that guy, though. And then the next thing we... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say good for him, but it's really just not something I'm interested in based on what we've seen. Nope, 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 nope. Just looks like All-American, but Fresh Prince. Next up, we got... The Dancing with the Stars cast has been announced. Nelly, American rappers in it. Monica Aldama, cheer coach. Carol Baskin, Tiger King star. Caitlin Bristow, former Bachelorette star. Vernon Davis, American football tight end or former. Ann Hatchie, actor. Sky Jackson, actor. Justina uh, Machiato, actor. Jin Mai, re- or the real host. Uh, AJ McLean, and I think Jin Mai's dating Young Jeezy too. Uh, AJ McLean, the former Backstreet Boy member. Jesse Metcalf, uh, Met Metcalf, actor. Charles R. Oakley, former basketball player. Neve from Catfish. Uh, Crystal Stoltz, Sunset, uh, uh, Selling Sunset. Selling Sunset. And then Johnny Weir, Olympic skater. My money is going to win. No, bro. My money is on, first off, AJ McLean, Backstreet Boys, real life dancer. Like, what are we we talking about? But second place, Johnny Weir is number two for me. Maybe the cheer coach. Cheer coach number three. I don't know who she is. Cheer coach is number three. And then number four, I would say. Charles Oakley. No. I'm going to say Sky Jackson, number four. Can Nelly dance? No. Nelly cannot dance. <laughs> Fuck no. Nelly's going to be out. Charles Oakley's going to be out. Vernon Davis is going to be out. And uh, Neve. Neve is definitely going to be out. <laughs> I mean, might, the, the reason I put this one. in the notes or whatever, because this is like the one Dancing with the Stars that I'm actually kind of interested in watching. Like, I would... Re- not only would I really want to see what Carol Baskin puts together, but I'd also really like to see Neve. Neve and, and Nelly. honestly, as a New York Knicks fan, I want to see Charles Oakley out there. <laughs> this is going to be... So, just because if he makes a fool out of himself, I'm going to laugh. Yeah, and then the final thing we got, Wonder Woman's coming this Christmas. I already said that earlier, but, yeah. you know. All right, time for the movie on the rise. Let's get it. Schubert, this is the segment where we suggest one movie or TV show for people to watch this week. What you got for us? Um, one thing I will mention for people who are watching VOD and out of VOD movies that I am actually kind of interested in watching, like I, I, I would watch Antebellum. I don't know if I'm going to watch it this weekend. Oh, but like, that's that Janae Monet uh, mm-hmm. slave movie? 
I, I would I would consider watching it if it if the rental is under five dollars. You check it out. Let us know how it is. Um, but what I will check out this week is Archer season eleven. Ooh, I f- honestly forgot that Archer was still going on because they were doing all those weird seasons. Well, now um, they're back to being spies. Like, yeah, this one's back to them being spies. So I think I really want to check this one out. All right, lit. I might I might actually peep game because I'm a I'm kind of an Archer fan. I still got a, like two more seasons to go. So we'll see, but the but I would actually check it out if they're spies because I don't like that all that other shit they were doing. But there was one that was exactly. really good when they were in Cuba. That was pretty good though. But uh, yes, yes, yes. When they crashed the plane into the middle of the thing, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, the best best Archer episode though, I will say the one where he like has um, cancer. Mm. That one is hilarious. Yeah, my favorite one. I could watch that one over and over again. But this Wednesday, the Tom Holland movie, Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson, Devil All the Time. Here it's good. Here's real good. Going to be reviewing that next week. That's my movie this week to let you guys know. I'm watching that show. Yeah, you said it comes out on Wednesday? On Wednesday. It's going to be out. I'm hype. All right, cool, I'm watching that shit this Wednesday. I get my check this week or this Wednesday. Going to buy a scrum diddly umptious meal and watch (laughs) Devil All the Time. That's going to be my Wednesday night. I'm super excited for that. Cool. So, but that's all we got this week for Movie on the Rise. Let's get into the reviews for this week. We're starting off with Avatar. Schubert, what you thought this week of our collective of four? Um, I'd say we had three important episodes, one filler. Mm -hmm. Um, The filler, I guess I, I won't talk too much about, but so let's just start with that one. It's like episode seven and, um, the main thing that happens in that is uh it's called the runaway Toph discovers a quick way to make cash by doing like scams and um guitar disapproves so it can you know it's like a rift between the group yeah it's not really major it's it's nothing too major like the one thing that happens is that they have another fight with um boomy boomy whatever his name yeah boomstick man boomstick man that's also where you get his name yeah, Sparky Sparky they, Boom they, Man. Sparky Sparky Boom Man, that's what it is. So you get his name and, and all that. But the first episode of this group was The Beach, which is personally uh, a favorite for, of mine in this in this season. It gives you where, perspective on the Fire Lord kid, of the Fire Nation kids. Yeah, force on a vacation. Zuko, Azula, Ty Lee, and May try and blend in with normal teenagers and learn about themselves and one another. Um, Aang and his company are attacked for the first time by Sparky Sparky Boom Man. Yep. Um, and this is where we learn Zuko's past with his mom. This is where we learn about like Azula not getting along with the mom and how the Azula like hates her mom and like how Azula has issues. Pretty much. Like this is like Azula trying to interact with like normal people and she can't do it because she's like a, a crazy person. Yep. So like she kind of starts to find those realizations of herself and it kind of t- begins to distance her and make her even more of a villain. Um, where on the other hand, Zuko is dealing with his relationship with May and whether or not, and you know, and the whole fact that just because he's the prince and you know his father's talking to him again, it's not what he thought that he wanted, and it's not everything that he feels like his life needs to be. He misses and so, his uncle, and he misses his uncle pretty much. Yeah. Um, 
And that kind of goes into like what the next episode is, the Avatar and the Fire Lord. To me, this is one of the most important episodes of the show so far. And I've been Pretty talking much. about I've been talking about this throughout the rewatch. The 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 how Aang and Zuko mirror Avatar Roku and Fire Lord Sozin. But where Fire Lord Sozin and Roku start off as friends and we see them the whole time, and then Sozin gets jealous when he gets nominated as as an Avatar, we see them separate. Sozin uh, uh, becomes the Fire Lord and has to do that shit. Roku's going off and training with uh, Avatar shit, learning water, earth, air. When he comes back to the Fire Nation, they're so far apart, and Sozin wants to start this war. And Roku he wants to build an empire. Yeah, he much. wants to build an empire. And then and Roku's like, Nah, we can't, we can't rock with this. And then they end up not being friends anymore. And that's the separation. And then Aang and Zuko start off as not friends, but then they come together and become friends. They they mirror yeah, each pretty, other. Pretty much like the way that this episode works is you know Aang gets a message from Roku to go to some island, and you know he ends up doing a meditation, and Roku takes him you know Christmas Carol style like through his life where Zuko gets a secret note where a big are we sure in this, he gets like this note and then like he throws it uh, on a lantern or whatever, where it gets like the secret, secret like invisible ink message. I'm like, are we sure that this dude would have figured this out if it are didn't like sure? accidentally who, happen? Who sent that to him? Oh, Uncle Iris sent to him. And you pretty much, you pretty much find that out because they talk, he goes to visit him later on in the episode. And he and he gives him uh, a, an old relic of what prince princes used to wear in the Fire Nation. Mm. So you find out that pretty much was like an Uncle Iroh trying to give him better perspective. And he, you know, even asks him like, "Why did you, why did you uh, want me to to learn about my grandfather? Like, I already knew that he, you know, portrayed the Avatar and like, you know, uh, brought about war to all nations." And he was, and you know, went off chasing the Avatar, and he was like, "No, I wanted you to learn about your other grandfather, Avatar Roku." Yeah. Which is like, Pfft. it's like, boom, yeah. you got a whole big, other big side bomb. to your partner, your mama and side. So, and so that's like, so this is what we're trying. I'm trying to tell you, Zuko, is that you just based on your birth have like, you know, wars, a war inside of you, and you know, I think that this story is meant to tell him that his destiny can be anything. It doesn't have to be based upon his father or, or you know, that legacy of his family. And where with Aang, it gives him the idea that not all people in the Fire Nation are made the same. And that, and and that to, goes back to episode one, which you were talking about. It's like yeah. Aang is constantly seeing, it's leading up to his decision of will he or won't he kill the Fire Lord? That's, that's what all the seasons lead up to is... But but it also sets up for him to accept acknowledge Zuko. that that to accept Zuko and that all, all people are need to be given a chance to find out what their true heart is. Yeah. So, so that that's what that is. And then you know the filler episode, and then after that is like another filler episode, but it also is pretty freaking serious. The Puppet Master, where Aang and company are traveling through the wilderness, and they come across this old woman. Turns out this old woman was from the Southern water tribe and is a waterbender that was taken from the fire nation. And the way that she escaped the fire nation, she learned about bloodbending. Yep. And this is the first Crazy. instance of bloodbending that this becomes more important in Korra, but you know, superpower that sure. we always discuss when we argue how strong Katara is compared to other people, because she can bend people's blood. And can prevent bloodbending or like she can fight off bloodbending. 
Yeah, true, true, true. So that that's all about that episode. But solid four this week. Solid four. We're moving along in book three. We're about to get to the meat of it. A little less filler coming up soon. But all right, let's jump to the boys. And look, I said this earlier. It's a good episode. But compared to like the first three, it's the first lackluster episode. And I get it. We got to build up tension. We did get some cool nugget dropped. But this is Road Trip. The boys head to North Carolina to follow a lead on a mysterious soup named Liberty. And did you know a person's choice of candy bars might tell you if they're a serial killer and watch and learn the uh, the warning signs. That's the description. But basically, Mother's oh my Milk, gosh. Mother's Milk um, Huey, and Starlight, because uh, Homelander goes in and threatens her. Starlight's going crazy. She can't deal with that. And she's like, I need to come with y'all. So they go on a road trip to go find out about the CIA ladies, like what she was looking up with Liberty. She go, They go to find out about that. But at the same time, Butcher's like, I got the location of Becca. So I got to go figure out what's up with Becca. And Frenchie's, and Frenchie's getting high. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote, yeah, I wrote some notes about this. I was like, uh, I was like, what the, what the fuck is that kiss and all those drugs Frenchie's doing? Like, that was one of the first notes I took. <laughs> Frenchie's getting high, baby. That's all. Um, Frenchie can't deal right now, bro. Like, it's, it's it, everybody is is so fractured right now. And see, I think. Honestly, I feel like the Becca shit happened so we can get Butcher back because if it didn't happen, Butcher would have stayed. <laughs> Butcher was never coming back to the show. <laughs> yeah, the other other thing that happened with like Frenchie and, and company was like he went to go get some love in and then like he realizes that he needs to be there for Kimiko and Kimiko almost went to go kill Star Storm, Stormfront or went to go battle her yeah. and like he stopped her. That, that's pretty much all that happens with them. Um, and then like another thing that was going on was like these little confessionals throughout the episode, which we'll get to, yeah, uh, it turns out that that was like, shit. that was some literally deep shit, like yeah. be deep. <laughs> um, I, I had it, I had in here in my early notes, I was like, is Madeline alive? And then, oh, LOL doppelganger. Yeah. So Homeland, Home, Homelander is just like, you know, fucking this dude who's the doppelganger. <laughs> I wrote, ha, ha, ha. Up, like, a train gets kicked out of the seven. <laughs> I said, can't take it anymore. I said A-Train had to go. Understandable. <laughs> yeah, understandable. He's not fast, bro. He got to go. He can't do it no more. Also had, oh, Huey and Starlight bang, Butcher and his wife bang. Nice. <laughs> Everybody's getting laid. <laughs> also got Mother's Milk's father was a lawyer who got killed by Vaught. That leads to Mother's Milk doing all of his. And he had a good point that he was like i'm doing my father's mission hopefully my kids don't have to do mine so it just it just gives you more information about mother's milk and yeah and he was also rocking a giants shirt for the majority of the episode so i loved it yep so we also got homelander's losing it he's losing it he threatens Maeve, threatens starlight homelander is fucking losing it <laughs> yeah Vod's so white man he goes on maria menounos is like you guys have no diversity and like compound V is only for is only given to white people. Why is that? And he's like, Well, we have a gay person, Maeve. Outer, <laughs> yeah, just right? Outer. Right on TV. Crazy. And then and then she's like, You knew or whatever. And he's like, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna let it let it let you have your thing right now. I, yeah. I got my own thing going on. <laughs> I got it, I got a lot to deal with right now. Yeah. I'm losing it. Oh uh, shit. Uh, well, Almond Joy, I guess, which was like what they were talking about in that little description. Gross. So yeah. maybe Starlight is a serial killer because that's gross. Starlight might be. Um, Almond Joy suck. But my mom eats Almond Joy, so I, I can't say they're serial killers. Cause, uh, 
one thing that I was noticing with the Billy Butcher stuff is like he mentioned to her at one point that like Ryan's eyes glowed. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You never saw that. He didn't he? I thought he did, though, in season one. At the end when he was there? Yeah, I thought so. I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong. Unless he was there, but like I don't know. I don't know. He wasn't there. I we're gonna have to so look into that. Was, that that's all that was sure. confusing me. And and are we sure his ass got into the complex and into the car without it ever being seen? Yeah. Are we sure his ass got out? Like yeah. <laughs> Black Noir found his ass. Black that's good though. That means Black Noir is gonna be in next episode. That's that's hype. I'm hyped for that. Also, the yeah, Black, Black Noir just Black sitting Noir there. was like, yeah, Black Noir was um Bro, that's one thousand percent. That's 1,000% Deadpool in Batman. Like, he is 1,000% just quiet Deadpool. Like, Pretty that, much. That, that is what he is. Uh, also, we got... Uh, uh, so we find out about this black lady who took uh, a similar payment her family did that, that Huey took uh, from Vaught. This hero named Liberty ended up killing this uh, her brother Myron and smashed his face in really badly. Really, really badly. We then find out that that superhero and, like, Liberty said some racist stuff. Oh, super racist, super super racist. But that lets us know who it is. That Stormfront, Stormfront ended up telling uh, Homelander that look, all you gotta do is change your image, get with the times, get you an army of like five thousand people who are super loud for you, and you'll you'll take over again. And that made me think about today. Yeah, I mean that 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 sounded like some Trump shit. I'm not gonna even lie. That's what that shit sounded like. But yeah. in general, all 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 stuff. And she is Liberty. She changed who um, I'm interested to see how she's not super old. That's what I'm interested to see, like how they explain that. But I mean, it could just be powers or whatever. Um, what else did I write down? I wrote Becca drops bars on Butcher and told him she can't save him. He it, he will never get over this crusade and she, he will never accept her because of her son, which I mean, that was bars, but fuck Becca. All the homies hate Becca. We Why, out here riding, like She was right. We're riding with the Butcher. I'm, I'm riding with Billy, yeah. man. I'm a Billy like fan. She, I think Starlight like, was right now because I saw some people on Twitter. Shout out to Dom. Dom was like, it should also be fuck Starlight. All my homies hate Starlight. I was like, I don't know. Huey's kind of a bitch. <laughs> like this, like he, like Starlight just gave it up to him. But like Huey don't realize he should not be with her, like at all. <laughs> like it's too deadly right now. And my whole thing with like Huey and his like relationship with Starlight is like Huey. What about your like inspiration to do the thing because that that By girl Robin. That died from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, not what happened important. to Robin, dude? Like, not, not important anymore? Like, come on. Second win, brother. Second win. He's, it's all about his second win. He was about oh to kill himself. He's about to off it. He was done. Dude, I love how they did address, like, his little drunk dial or whatever. And, and like, and he was like, can we just, like, not talk about that? I was like, we should, because you were a pussy. <laughs> That's why I can't be mad at Starlight. But fuck Becca. The, she cheated on the butcher and got them in all this situation. She's in the wrong. Starlight, though. So that's not in the wrong. So, you know, that, that's how I feel about but, that. But Becca was right. Like, if he was plotting to get rid of that kid. Oh, the yeah. Whole time. The whole time. That he is a that fact. Kid, <laughs> she, like, he was going to dump that kid somewhere. <laughs> he might have shot it. She's like, he's like, we can get over the fence. And she's like, well, what about Ryan? He's like, fuck you Ryan. Fly, right? <laughs> it's got powers. <laughs> 
Oh shit. Oh man. So that that conversation leads us to get butchered back to the boys. And then that leads to Black Noir confronting the boys. I think that's gonna happen next episode. So some of the predictions I got, that that prediction, I think still I don't think we're gonna confront Stormfront yet. I think it's too early. I think they're still building why the boys need to get at her and all this, and then it's going to come to a head. I'm just interested to see if Homelander confronts her before the boys do. I've, I'm interested to find out if the boys find out something that can get Homelander to confront her. Mm. Because, like, you know, they them themselves, is it's going to be very difficult for them to fight her. But if they can find out a way to convince Homelander to fight her, or, like, maybe she, like, finds out about Homelander's kid and, like, something like that happens, like, maybe he, like, you know, it was like, oh, I got to fight for my kids. Do you see a, a, an eventual partnership between the, like, just between the boys and the Homelander just to get rid of her? Yes. That, I feel like that's what you're pitching. And I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can believe that. I could definitely believe that, like a one-time deal. Because, like, they, they know each other exists. Like, Homelander, if he wanted, he could have went find Billy Butcher and, and, and all these people by now. He doesn't want to. For sure. So I feel like he I feel like he's kind of interested in what they're doing. Yeah. So we're going to it's going to be because, interesting to see with all that. Yeah. And also, you know, he kind of says how he wants to like take control of the 7 now and you know, we see that he takes that A train so he's going to add that new speedster but we still have like one slot that needs to be filled or does Stormfront fill that slot. So it's We him, but no. Stormfront Mave Stormfront. Stormfront feels Black translucent. Noir, Starlight Speed Guy and we need one more. Yeah, and that's to fill Lamplighter, who we find out a little bit about in this episode. We find out that Lamplighter, the reason why he got kicked out of seven, because he was burning all those kids. And we did find that out. Yep. And, and then, then it also goes. And he's coming in this season. We're going to see him this season. He's played by the same guy who played Bobby Iceman in the X-Men. Oh, Okay. Yep. So we'll get him, and then the other thing that's been going on is the deep, which is why we had all the confessionals, which was the deep trying to find a wife so that he can, you know, make his play to get back in the seven by like getting back into the public eye, being wholesome. But it goes back to my bot so white thing. Um, we need you know, more white people in seven. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna. They're not bringing the deep back, not at all. So, no, be but he's gonna, he's gonna make a play for it. So I think that's gonna be something that ties in later on. Like I said, not a bad episode this week. Just not a superb one. Solid. This was solid. But let's get to something that was crazy. Lovecraft, which me and Schubert both predicted this week. Like, got to pat us on in, our back. In a few different ways. And yeah, we both predicted like what was popping off with this. So let me read the description. Hold on, got to get to uh, HBO real quick. Okay. So, episode five, Strange Case. Ruby experiences the perks of life as a white woman. Atticus lashes out at Montrose for his betrayal. Like I said last week, Ruby was going to take form as a white lady. And sure enough, she did. William was like, gave her this thing and she like metamorphosed and she woke up as a white lady, was experiencing the day, goes to the South Side. I think that's like a, a con, like a, is just showing the differences of how black people accept a white person in their community versus, versus vice versa. And then the cops come, she ends up helping that black boy. And then she goes through this metamorphosis in the backseat of the trunk. And it's like agonizing all her bones was cracking. And then we just see her like a, well, like William said, like a caterpillar shed that, or like, like they were saying that during the TV show that was going on while she was doing this, like a larva escaping her skin. Yeah, mm-hmm. locusts escaping his skin and just popping out free. That shit was gross as hell. And then 
tick beats up Montrose. He had enough. He was like, where that lady went, dog? Oh, she not here? Where the papers? Montrose was quiet. Tick beat his ass. <laughs> tick had enough. killed him. Tick had enough. He said, okay, big bet. Busting your ass. Uh, what else happened? So uh, she goes to her job. Oh, well, William tells her to do whatever she wants. Like Pretty, pretty much like this life. has more to do. This really is like split of, like you said in the description, between like Tick and... And Montrose. And Montrose and, La- and Letitia. And yeah, then Ruby. Uh, Ruby. So let's save the Ruby stuff because that was more the, some of the more interesting stuff. On like the Tick Letitia side, they're trying to um, figure out this alphabet of of the Adam organization. Um, he, they're you know making some headway. Did, but didn't course, he find out on his ring it was die? I think so. At the end, it wasn't his initials like he thought. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That's all that really happened. And we find and. Oh, Schubert was right. Confirmed Montrose is gay. Yeah. yeah so he's gay. And he was living and his best life in that club. He looked yeah, happy. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, good for him. He needs to be himself. I think that's a commentary on people in the past, like just always being upset because they couldn't be themselves. But uh, let's get to the Ruby shit. So I thought it was interesting. She goes, gets a job as that thing. We find out she's like, oh, white ladies get it easy. And she gets that job as assistant manager. The, the conversation with those yeah, white what women. what was her name? Like Hillary Davenport or something? Yeah, Hillary, Hillary Davenport. That was exactly her Something name. like that. And then she, she's, she's, she's loving being a white lady. And then I think the conversation that makes her realize like, oh shit, I can't be doing this like this was when those white women were like, just asking all kind of crazy questions. Like, can you bring us to the South side? We want to see the safari or like some crazy, just doing some crazy shit. Like she was wild. And then she was like, all right, bet not doing, not messing with this. And then uh, she has she has uh, she, beef with Tamara. Well, yeah, she has beef with Tamara or whatever because like Tamara was completely unqualified to be there when she knew that she would have been qualified as like black person, um, more way more qualified than her. And so like Tamara's in there basically just for just because she's black or whatever. Yeah. And like she she's doing her job wrong. And she was like, yo, you have to do your job better than all these other white ladies do their job because like that's the only way that you're gonna like help the community and like uh and at but night I, she goes and be a maid for the uh the party that's what i was gonna say like what was really interesting about this was you know she had to do this thing for william where she goes into to put something in a cop's desk like the sheriff's desk and i don't really understand what that was yet it had the but, same symbol that tick was researching that that i know for a which fact. is true and like she is in like they they ha- he has with the sheriff has this dude in the closet or whatever like I don't know what that's what's that all, all about? broken bones he was interrogating him for something and what was the thing when like he his shirt was off like it looked like he was like sewn up together with like white arms and a white neck but like a black torso yeah. so like I was like I was like is this like they're making white people from black people yeah yeah they they got a lot of weird shit going on in Lovecraft we gonna have to wait and see with all that but that definitely like. William was like, I'm going to do something to this. And it has the same language as Tick on Tick's thing he was looking at. But then we get like Ruby uh, basically sheds her skin and she's chilling. She's going to William's house. And then all of a sudden, oh, well, no, no. Uh, no she, Christina Braithwaite. Christina Braithwaite is like, yo, do whatever you want in this skin. It's not just like, I didn't just make you white just to like, you know, do whatever. No, like you can do whatever the fuck you want. She's like, all right, bet. And then she goes rapes 
rapes with a stiletto, sodomizes, sodomizes with a stiletto heel to the sounds of uh, Cardi B, the manager at the place, because she didn't get that job. Crazy scene. Now Ruby is probably unredeemable. Like Ruby, this tells me Ruby gonna die. Like that's what that tells me. Ruby is unredeemable and she gonna die. I don't know. She knows a lot because like what we find at the end of the episode is that William never existed. He's Christina Braithwaite. It was Christina Braithwaite doing the same shed shed skin thing too, which was kind of like going into the conversation where Christina was like, I understand like how you feel or whatever. And she was like, no, you can't ever understand how I feel or whatever. But it was because Christina was... Christina's making the correlation that like being a black woman must suck here, try to be a white woman. Whereas like, and then it's like, that's the correlation to where it's like, if you're a white woman, it's like, oh, this sucks. I can't do, I have, I have leak. I have like things I can do, but I can't do nearly as much shit as like a white man. So it's like, that's like the parallels between Christina Braithwaite and Ruby. It's like, they're both taking on these appearances to get what they want. And it's like, that's what relates them to. Pretty much, pretty much. And so I'm interested to see what that dynamic is going to carry on for the future. Like what you're saying is that Ruby's going to die. I think that Ruby might kind of turn to the Christina Braithwaite end of things and be like that side of the, the whole magic mm. fight and end up having the co- conflict with Letitia sister, and take later she, she on. She hates yeah. her sister too. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, but I that's why like I think she's going to die. Up being a team. Oh well, no, she could die later on, but I'm saying like, you know, it's only episode five or six or something. So yeah, it's five. You know, yeah, so I think she might survive a few more episodes. But there's no predictions I got for this one. This one, I just got to wait and see what's coming for the next one. Like, I saw the Ruby being a white woman thing coming a mile away. Plus, I didn't see the preview, so, like, I got to just wait a little bit. I didn't bit. see the preview either. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's coming up in this next episode, but I, you know, what when, with last episode being very Indiana Jones, Goonies, stuff like that. Like This, this was, was very horror. Way more horror. Boring. Super good, bro. Like when she when Christina Braithwaite shed the William skin, I was like, ooh, because that's the first time we saw someone shed. Like we never saw Ruby shed the skin. We only like the, the we saw like the rim. We, did, like, we saw like the ramifications like, in of it. Southside or whatever. Yeah, true, true. But like we saw Christina's Braithwaite the skin fall from her face. Well, and I mean, was, same thing. But that's what I'm saying. We did see the same thing with Ruby. Where like you know, true. we with that that's whole true. thing. Yeah. yeah. Solid episode this week. Super great episode of Lovecraft. Lovecraft killed it. This was the Ruby episode. I think Ruby won this episode. Best, like, actor of it. Although, I will say, this was Jonathan Major's best performance this week. I'm, I'm judging Jonathan Major's hard each week. I think this was his best one. Yeah, you liked how he's beating ass, huh? He whooped Montrose's ass. <laughs> and he had so much anger. And then he had a good sex scene with, uh, t- with, uh, with Letty. I fucked with that. That was lit. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Shout out to Jonathan Majors. I'm, I'm, I'm judging Jonathan Majors week to week, baby. I want him now to the, be the best one. But this the one, it, was, it was Ruby. Now the one that makes me think, you know, now that we're at the end of the episode, there was one Jonathan Majors story that I didn't put in here because, like, there wasn't a lot about the. the uh, Isn't there a new movie? Yeah, he was he was cast in a new movie with like a really great cast. Yeah, Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, or was it? Yeah. A Netflix Western? Is it or is that Yes, it's a Netflix different Western. Thing. Yeah, the harder they fall. Yeah. Peter's Elba, Lakeith Stanfield, Zazie Beats, Regina King. Yeah. So look out for that. I don't know anything more about it. Oh, yeah. here we go. 
Actually, here, okay. The harder they fall centers on an outlaw, Nat Love, played by Jonathan Majors, who discovers that his enemy, Rufus Buck, Idris Elba, is being released from prison, so he reunites his gang to track Rufus down and seek revenge. The film will be produced by Jay-Z. Oh, great cast, though. John Majors, Idris Elba, Delroy Lindo, solid, solid class. Regina King, oh, lit. But that's all we got this week, Shuby, man. Solid, solid week of stuff. Next week, we got The Boys, Lovecraft, Avatar, and The Devil all the time. Going to be a good week of reviewing for us next week. Yeah, definitely going to be a fun week. And like you said early on in the episode, make sure you go back and watch our uh, run it back this week where we talked about Pulp Fiction. That was a fun conversation. Yep, we're going to be uh, putting up the poll for the next one on Tuesday, so the day after this drop. So there's going to be a superhero poll between the Dark Knight, Logan, Logan, Iron Man, and I still haven't chose the last film. I think it's going to be Scott Pilgrim, though. I think so. Might as well with that game coming out. That looks yeah, pretty fire. that game does look good. But you guys can follow me at LimbyWT. Follow Birds Who Think at Birds Who Think. Like Schubert said, be sure to check out the Pulp Fiction running back. Got an anime running back coming soon. Be sure to check out Anime Talk uh, on Tuesday. Be sure to check out the, the Birds Who Think podcast on Thursday. Got some videos on the YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube. But other than that, that's all I got this week. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Schubert 14 and uh, just make sure you check out everything that's going on with the network. You know, big sports stuff going on. And I really enjoy our conversations on the Bros Who Ball segment on the Bros Who Think. So make sure you, you check that out if you're a football fan. And also give it some give it some time to watch it because, you know, a lot of people want to make a lot of fuss about their their ratings going down. Don't don't let these people don't let these people win. We, we want football. So, uh that's all I got for this week. Be sure to check out the new Tom Holland, Rob Pattinson movie. We'll be talking about it next week on Bros Who Binge. So for Lennon Burton, my name is Adam Schubert. Have a great week. Stay safe if you're in the hurricane zone. And as always, keep binging.